Hi, it's Gail. Before we get started, a couple of quick items. First, I have a cold, so I'm doing my best, but bear with me. Second, the Women on the Road gathering with Van Life Diaries is coming up in Taos, New Mexico this Friday, and there's still time to join us. Tickets are linked in the show notes and on our episode landing page via she-explorers.com. Okay, on with the show. I'm Gail Straub, and you're listening to She Explores. As I've learned with just raising children in general, they're all different. They all have different needs. Originally, you know, you have these, I want you to go to, you know, the best school and get an amazing job. And then you realize that's not everybody's life path. Everybody has a different path because everyone has different abilities. And I think that's the whole thing of, of us being out there with Ruby is that it's not just you know, somebody who has this diagnosis, but we all have something that we're either not good at or, or, or can't accomplish. And so let's, you know, let's cut everybody slack and let everyone do the path that they're able to follow. This week's episode features Melody Forsyth a woman whose life is made up of many roles. What definitely takes up the most of my time, I definitely spend the most in the mom role. And then definitely next would be the nurse role. And after that, definitely hiker and probably not proud to admit, but then wife comes on (laughs) very last on the list. But what's lucky is that I do have a husband that's very supportive. And so on a lot of the adventures, I think that's why I love hiking because I feel like I can tick off pretty much all of those boxes Mm. because I'm spending time with my children. I'm investing that time with them. I'm investing time in my husband. I'm investing time in myself. So that's, I think, really why the outdoors has been so amazing for my family because I feel like I'm doing all those roles in one time. So it's kind of like a time saver. (laughs) in that aspect. Yeah, and you and you get to be a caretaker then too, like a caretaker for yourself and for your kids and your husband. Yes, yeah, for sure. As you just heard, for Melody, mom comes first and hiking ties it all together. Melody is a labor and delivery nurse by profession and spends what little spare time she has hiking with her family. Melody's Instagram is aptly titled Down With Adventure. Her youngest daughter, Ruby, has Down syndrome and loves spending time in the outdoors of Utah. But while the outdoors and hiking is a big part of Melody's life now, time on the trail is a more recent development that has deep roots. When, when did you discover this passion for the outdoors? Well, it's so funny because as I think about kind of my, you know, my life, cause you know, 43 years old. So kind of where I've been, it's so crazy that I remember now I'm like, I went on a huge backpacking trip when I was 14 years old on the Appalachian trail that I totally like had forgotten about <laughs> and put way in the back of my mind. And life happens, college, family, all that. And I just totally forgot about it. So I'd say then it it was in the past, like 
three to four years when I started realizing I really love being outside again. I'm really having that interest. You know, where can we go? What can we do? I've got to get out of the house. I have to do something different with my life. And so I think it's like, it was really, really young. And then I forgot about it for like 20 some years. And then now it's resurged and given me a whole new purpose in life. That first backpacking trip for Melody some 30 years ago stuck with her. It speaks to the power of formative experiences in the outdoors. I remember how I felt on the trail. I remember those sounds. I remember those experiences I have. And that's why it's just like so wonderful for me now, like to be, to actually experience that again. And Melody gets to share that feeling with her kids. Melody and her husband, Victor, have four kids total. The oldest is 18, and Ruby, the youngest, is three. It was when Melody was pregnant with Ruby that she and Victor started venturing outside with the kids. In certain ways, this new exploration came from a place of fear. They knew so little about what their life would be like with a daughter with Down syndrome. When I found out I was pregnant and finding that diagnosis of Down syndrome, that's kind of when I... I felt like our family is never going to do anything again. We are never going to get out. We're never going to have fun. We're never going to be able to go on a vacation. And so my husband and I, we kind of planned like, okay, it's kind of like our last hurrah. And that's when we decided, okay, let's go out. And then I, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. What were some of the the reservations, you know, while you were pregnant, like some of the fear around what you wouldn't be able to do? Like what, what did you think wasn't possible? Well, I didn't have a lot of experience with Down syndrome. And my oldest, you know, was in high school at the time. And she would tell me about some of the children that had special needs in her high school. And she, you know, very bluntly would say, you know, some of them are in wheelchairs. Some of them, you know, are still in diapers. Some of them can't walk. Some of them still don't talk. All those different things. And so I, as I did research, I, Down syndrome does have a very wide variety of um, abilities and uh, things that they can and can't do and development on that scale kind of, it differs. It's basically like really every case is different. You Mm -hmm. cannot see one person with Down syndrome and assume that the next one either can or can't do the same things. They're all so different. And it took some time realizing that. And, but knowing that I said that that's potentially what could, I could have. Um, Children with Down syndrome are very, very likely to be born with heart defects. So requiring open heart surgery or being on oxygen all the time. Just, I knew as a nurse, really honestly, what, what was the, I guess the scariest thing for me was I knew the medical side. I really Mm -hmm. wasn't worried about developmentally or cognitively. Like I was just like, you know what? I still am going to love my child no matter what. That wasn't the part that scared me. It was just the medical side. I knew that potentially they could have so many different problems. I'm like, how how can we go outside and do any of this stuff with a child that's had open heart surgery? You know, Mm -hmm. that in my head, that's what I'm thinking. And so those were the biggest reservations I think we had in the beginning. So Melody had these fears and doubts based on the medical reality of Ruby's diagnosis. 
but a site in a national park when she was out with her family planted a seed within her of what she thought might be possible for her family. We were at breakfast one morning, you know, in a hotel and seeing a family and they had a child in a wheelchair. Then I saw it. I'm like, they're probably preparing for the same day of activities as we are. And here they have a child in a wheelchair and they're getting out and they're doing it. And I thought, if they can do it, well, why can't we? Why does this have to stop us? And of course, you know, not at that time understanding everything that having a child with Down syndrome entailed, you know, we didn't quite, you know, know, but we were like, we're not going to let this stop us. And so it was that when we first were able to get out and actually go and get out hiking and take her with us, that that's when we realized we're like, oh yeah, this is what we totally love. This is definitely what, what we want to do. Yeah. So, so you saw this family and you saw that potentially there is more possible than, than you thought before, but it was probably not until you actually took her out that you kind of started learning what was possible, right? Oh, that, I think that's the, the most amazing thing was that the first time I put her in a pack on my back, I had the most magical feeling. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it, but it was this First of all, an incredible bond. I felt incredibly empowered, but I just felt amazing inside to put her in a pack and have her there. And I was like, maybe this is selfish, but I'm like, I want this feeling. I love the way I feel right now. I don't want it to go away. And so when I did that and little by little, I mean, obviously we're not climbing huge peaks or anything on those first hikes, but just little by little as we pushed ourselves and continue. I was just like, I just, it's that feeling. I was like, I love this. And I, I, we don't want it to stop. And how old was Ruby then? She was about nine months old for that first time that we actually, you know, she kind of had gotten medically cleared. The doctors told us it was okay for, to take us, you know, to the mountains, you know, higher altitudes and stuff. And that she didn't have to be on oxygen all the time. Cause for those first couple hikes, carrying, a tank of oxygen mm. and a baby and all that is not easy. My husband would help and he would carry the oxygen or, you know, we'd kind of switch back and forth. And so those first couple of times was a little bit difficult, but then once she was cleared, which wasn't too much longer after that, it was so much easier just throw her in the pack and go. And it was, it was awesome. Could, um, did she like it? Like, can you tell, I, I'm not too familiar with babies generally. So <laughs> could, <laughs> Could you tell well, how she liked it at nine months? Uh, well, the first thing I remember is that I learned quickly. I had to be careful how I wore my hair because she <laughs> loved to pull the ponytail. Like she just kept <laughs> pulling that thing and pulling my head back. So I think she initially loved it those first couple months. I mean, I'll be honest, she fell asleep a lot of the time. Mm. And so I'm like, well, she's not screaming. So that's a good thing. <laughs> She just would either be pulling or looking around. I'd always ask the kids, I'm like, what is she doing? What is she doing? And they're like, she's just looking around. I'm like, okay, <laughs> or sleeping. So those initial months, but man, now after a couple of years, I can tell you she loves it. She kicks her legs. She gets excited. She gets happy. She she wants to touch everything. She interacts with my other children. She talks to me. That's what I feel mm-hmm. like. She's not actually you know, really talking, but she just babbles 
And sometimes when it's just me and her, we just have these conversations about who knows what, but she just starts telling me and babbling. So she comes alive when we're out there. I think I did read that, you know, at first you felt it was harder to connect with her and you experienced some, I mean, a lot of moms experience some depressed feelings after birth and you know, your life changes so much, even though you've already had, you'd already had children. Did it also help you feel um, like connected with her too? Oh, it did. Yeah. Those first few months were difficult just because I felt so overwhelmed by everything that we had to do and all the doctor's appointments and that that's what my new life was. I didn't have time to do anything anymore. It was all Now today, what doctors are we going to? What treatments are we going? Who's coming to the house? I have to be home for oxygen delivery. Like it's like our lives revolved around it. Mm -hmm. So I think also getting in the outdoors was almost like liberating from us because we finally were able to break free from all of that. When finally we got out there, it was just like, okay, now we can kind of do our own thing. We're not tied down to all this other stuff that's keeping us in the house. And we can just, you know, air quotes, just feel kind of like a a normal family that we're just getting out, going on a hike. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a lot of time for yourself now, (laughs) I mean, I can't even imagine how little time you had for yourself then. Oh, yeah. Because back then she was on a feeding tube and she was on oxygen 24-7 and initially seeing all the new doctors that we would have to and, you know, following up on her weight and yeah, all the different things. It was, it was very overwhelming. And then being inside all day long with her, you you start to feel just like, I'm going to go crazy. I don't, you know, I just, how do I cope with this? In some ways kind of going to work when I finally, my maternity leave was over going to work was kind of an escape, but Mm -hmm. still like you came back to it and with no sleep, which made it even worse. So it was definitely something it was like we're like oh literally it was literally a breath of fresh air and for all of our lives it was to be able to actually get out there yeah how is it different like experiencing the accomplishments that ruby goes through like seeing you know her start to to walk especially where you weren't sure that she'd be able to walk or to see her thinking about words and trying to communicate how does that feel compared to your other children I think for all of us, because I mean, I see my other children get equally excited. Everything is so much sweeter and we celebrate every little thing where I think a lot of parents take for granted those milestones Mm. or I think what's even more amazing is also just relishing in like everybody kind of does things in their own time. I, I do see a lot of parents that have children with special needs and they get very down very sad about when they're not reaching those milestones. And I certainly have been there. So I certainly understand that. But I've kind of learned to, to let it go in the thing of like, she'll do things when she's ready, when she's ready to, she'll do it, she'll, she'll get there eventually. And it's not going to be on the timetable of everybody else or what physicians think, you know, Mm. she should be but but she'll eventually get there. As she's grown, I guess I, I, witness that. So I don't stress out about it as much. But yeah, she didn't walk until she was two years old. And I think that was kind of like, that was the big milestone. 
you know, I'm like, here we are. Cause we'd already been hiking and I'm like, here we are hiking. And I go, I can't, I can't, I can't put her down. I can't just let her roam around and go free. Cause she can't go anywhere. <laughs> she has to be in, you know, she has to be in the pack. She has to be, you know, I can, we can't hold her hand or let her do anything. So, and it was like, okay, am I ready to do this? Like forever? I don't know how, when she's going to walk. Hmm. So it was certainly a wonderful, I mean, we definitely celebrated that one and not just that, but like her steps were little baby steps and certainly not something that we could put her on the trail, but just, you know, she's three years old now and she started to walk when she was two. And in that one year, how now we see her, she walks on the trail. I mean, obviously it's a trail that's, you know, not really, you know, Rockies, pretty much stable, not too steep, but still for us to see her just, just go. <laughs> and sometimes we think, okay, her little legs are going to be tired. We try to put her back in the pack and she kicks. She's just like, no, I want to walk. I want to be with everybody else. And we're like, all right, well, we'll, we'll put you in when you, when you get tired. <laughs> and she tells us now like, okay, now I'm done. Now I want to be back in the pack. But otherwise she's just like, no, I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> she likes trying to keep up with her siblings. Yes. They're trying to keep up with her. <laughs> we'll be back with Melody after this. This episode of She Explorers is brought to you by Bombas. It's autumn and I love wearing comfy socks. As you heard in the last episode, I foolishly spent much of my life wearing and losing unmatching, uncomfortable socks because I just didn't know any better. I'm glad Bombas cared for me. They've spent two years of research and development to keep improving their product with arch support, a cushioned footbed, and stay-up technology, all elements that are super important for hiking and staying active. On my last backpacking trip, I brought an extra pair of Bombas for bedtime, and it felt like a small piece of luxury. And for all their comfort, I also love that for every pair sold, Bombas donates one pair of brand new socks to a homeless shelter. It makes me happy to know that someone in need gets that fresh, cared-for feeling, too. If you want to get 20% off your first order, just go to bombas.com slash explorers. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash explorers. And you'll get 20% off your first order with the code explorers. That's bombas.com slash explorers and enter explorers for 20% off your first order. This episode of She Explores is also brought to you by Way. Have you ever found yourself at an airport or on the train with your cell phone battery down to 5% and no outlet site? Or running to make your connection only to have the wheels on your carry-on jam up? Well, Away makes carry-ons and suitcases that make your trip easier. Their carry-on bags have built-in phone chargers that will charge anything with a USB cord. I use mine to charge my Kindle and iPhone so I can read and listen to podcasts on flights. The founder set out to make first-class luggage at a coach price and did it by selling direct-to-consumer rather than having markups through retailers. Away solves old and new problems with their carry-ons and luggage, whether with a TSA-compliant lock, washable laundry bag, or removable battery charger. For $20 off an Away suitcase with a lifetime warranty, visit awaytravel.com explorers and use promo code explorers during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash explorers, promo code explorers, for $20 off.
we're back. When we had planned that epic adventure before we had the baby, we had gone to Mesa Verde. We went to Zion and because we had never been there. So that was kind of a thing like, all right, let's let's go. It's it's practically in our backyard. and We've never been. So we should go. Melody and her family are on a quest to visit all of the national parks in the U.S. Melody shared why it's such an attractive goal. I don't know. There's just something about the national parks. And my kids just love, they love the Junior Ranger program. They love getting the stamps and the tokens and the stickers. Like they just love collecting. And it was just an easy way like to keep track of um, all your goals. Mm -hmm. And we just, you know, it was kind of like, that's where it all started was in a national park. So it just is befitting that we just continue Let's just hit all of them. Let's, you know, let's get as many as we can. Let's, let's make this a goal. So how many have you visited now? Um, we're at 21 so far. Wow. I, it probably helps to be in Utah, right? <laughs> yes. Luckily, yeah, we were able to get the five that we have here pretty quickly. And then, you know, pretty much right now, just working everything in the West because it's the closest to us. We're little by little chipping all of those away and then hopefully making our way back east <laughs> is is your hope to do it all of you as a family or um does will those goals like shift like if you know if and when your daughter leaves leaves the house well that's a, and that's the side in my ideal world it's yeah. all of us together because <laughs> I'm just kind of like no I have to have all my children um but I know that as she you know she's making her own life now and setting out on her own. But I know that she's like missing it, especially, you know, when I'm like, you know, eventually we have to go to Hawaii and Alaska, you know, (laughs) Oh, put me down for those trips. And I'm like, yeah, I bet. So it it is something we actively work on now. And it drives my husband nuts because I'm already, you know, this year's not even over. And I'm like, okay, what's on the list for next year? We got to start planning him out. I need to start asking for time off. We got to start getting it, you know, getting our ducks in a row to figure out what's the strategy. Because that's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. Because I'm like, if we're going to go to a national park, we're going to see everything, all the national monuments, all the national historic places. I'm like, we got to get it all in there. <laughs> but the ones obviously that offer the most hiking and outdoor activities are the national parks. So that's kind of where our main focus is. But yeah, we've been trying to, there's a national monument that's on the way. I mean, there's several here in Utah and other places we've, we've gone to those as well. Because all those places for us have incredible value. So we definitely want to see, you know, as much as we can. Hmm. Um, what What's your experience been like? Have you found them to be very welcoming of like a family that has a daughter with special needs? They are so welcoming. I mean, honestly, most of my experience in the outdoors has been completely positive, has been wonderful. The people that we meet, I mean, I go hike. My husband's a little reserved sometimes, but I go, you know, because I'll go hiking by myself with Ruby sometimes here. You know, I have an open morning and he's like, I don't like you hiking by yourself. So I try to make sure I let people know where I go, but I just go out and I just meet the nicest people, complete strangers that are out in the woods, you know, places, at least here, you know, in Utah where I've been, I'm like, I've never met anybody that hasn't been very friendly. And in the national parks, everything is so well organized, spelled out. I can tell immediately, is this a trail that's family friendly? Is this not? 
it obviously, you know, if it's wheelchair accessible, this is something we can do, something that Ruby might even be able to walk all of herself. So it's been fantastic everywhere we go as far as the reception that we get. I asked Melody whether there are any special considerations she thinks about as they prepare for a hike. And she was pretty clear in letting me know that it's not that different for her and her family than for any other family with young children. There are certain stigmas and misconceptions about Down syndrome that she's looking to break with her Instagram handle, Down with Adventure. She wants to educate followers who don't have firsthand experience hiking with a child with special needs and equip others with the knowledge that they can get out there if they want to, too. One of the biggest misconceptions is people be, oh, children with Down syndrome are happy all the time. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're just like any... <laughs> It's just crazy because it's like we think that her diagnosis, that extra chromosome, makes so much of a difference. And in some things it does, but in so many other ways, she's just like any other child. So she gets frustrated. She gets upset. She's stubborn. She has her own personality. They're not – a lot of people think all people with Down syndrome are the same or they all have the same abilities and – that's the biggest thing is they're all very different. Every case, I guess it's, this is what's crazy. It's like the more different we see, um, the same everybody is meaning, I don't know how I'm explaining myself. Right. Is that, I mean, all people are like that. We try to, you know, Oh, all women are, are a certain way. And that's obviously not true. Mm-hmm. All, you know, I'm Hispanic. And so I could be like, well, all Hispanic people are the same. Nope. <laughs> they all have different backgrounds. So it's just the same generalizations, just like anybody else who doesn't have a disability. We all are different. And so that's the biggest thing is I'm like, she has bad moments and good days. Yes, she has a very happy disposition most of the time. She is very loving. She is very trusting, which sometimes can be scary because she says hi to strangers (laughs) all the time. So she is very friendly. She is very loving to other people, which is wonderful. I think that's why we as a family certainly appreciate her. She's always great for a hug or, you know, she, she's very tender, has a very tender heart. Um, And then I think the other thing that a lot of people have the misconception is that I guess, I, I mean, there's kind of this new little saying that's coming out in the Down syndrome community of staring isn't caring, meaning it's very difficult when people just stare. Mm. And I try to be very compassionate, understanding. Maybe they're just staring, you know, they just think she's pretty. What I have learned is a lot is a lot of people that do stare, they've come up to me later and they're like, I have a niece with Down syndrome. I have a cousin with Down syndrome. My brother has Down syndrome. And so I know that they're just staring because they're like, oh, I feel that love that you feel for her. And so that's okay. But it's the kind of the staring that they're just like, it's a different kind of stare. And they just stereotype. I mean, I have had a few. And that's why I said, I'm like, most of my interactions have been positive. The national parks, but we have had some where they're like, oh, uh, you're not going to want to do this trail. It's really hard. And I'm like, "Um, I know. (laughs) I do a lot of research. So just assuming that because we have a child with a disability, we can't do certain things. And so I think that's, that's one of the biggest misconceptions that we hope that as a family, we're putting out there Mm -hmm. that 
don't assume what people can or can't do. You know, I'm very open to say like, uh, I can't do that. Obviously there's certain activities like, you know, recently I was able to go whitewater rafting and I had a blast and I love it. Well, we can't do that right now, but that not because Ruby physically can't, but it's just her age. It's just not an advisable like age really to be taking a child, you know, that can't swim on the river. Mm. That kind of thing it has nothing to do with her diagnosis, but it's when people say things, I guess, about the diagnosis, like, Oh, well, you're unable to do that. I'm like, well, don't, don't limit us just yet. Like let us try and let us see. Yeah. And get to know us a little better. Yeah. Because like, yeah, staring is is definitely not getting to know someone. You're just yeah. more just reiterating what you thought before if you don't actually interact and form a point of connection with someone. Exactly. You know, Ruby is really young. Would you say she's three? I have a niece who's four. Like, we wouldn't... <laughs> My brother wouldn't take her whitewater rafting either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what are, what are some of the things that you want for Ruby as she gets older? Maybe as it relates to the outdoors or otherwise. Um, I think actually most of the goals that I do have for her are in the outdoors. Just because like as I've learned with raising, just raising children in general, they're all different. They all have different needs. As now I have a child... Um, I have, you know, my oldest does deal with depression, anxiety. And so originally, you know, you have these, I want you to go to, you know, the best school and get an amazing job. And then you realize that's not everybody's life path. Everybody has a different path because everyone has different abilities. And I think that's the whole thing of, of us being out there with Ruby is that it's not just, you know, somebody who has this diagnosis, but we all have something that we're either not good at or or, or can't accomplish. And so let's, you know, let's cut everybody slack and let everyone do the path that they're able to follow. And so I hope she learns to read and learns to be able to do math so that she can function in society. I want her to learn those life skills. But as far as like, I mean, it's kind of like what she wants to do. If she's like, mom, I want to go to college. Okay, I support her in that. Mm. But I just feel like, with any of your children, just like pushing a certain of what you want is just not going to, it's always going to backfire. And so I really do see that she's going to go places and the outdoors that she's going, that's her place. Like, I know I, I'm the one that introduced it to her, but I can just tell I, I and I, it's so hard, you know, obviously over, over a podcast, cause you can't like video, but the way she gets down sometimes, she sits down on the trail and she runs her fingers through the through the pebbles or the dirt or the bark or whatever it is. Like there's just something there and I see it in her face where she's just like, I love this. She just like just gets in there. And that passion that she has, I'm like, uh, I want to feel that passion. And I hope all my children feel that about something in their life. And I, I just, I just, I just hope she does things that she wants to in the outdoors and that she won't let people, you know, so t people with Down syndrome typically have low tone, meaning low muscle tone, which pretty much affects all systems in their body, which makes certain things difficult. So that's why, you know, we do know she's going to tire out on the trails sometimes. 
um, because her muscles just give out. And that's, you know, that's just, that's just what's um, up with her diagnosis, but she certainly goes as far as she can. Um, but there was an article and I can't remember even where I saw it. It was a young man with down syndrome with a couple of his friends. He just crossed the Tetons. Wow. Those are the things I want. I want her to be able to, Hey, I want to go do this. Go do it. Go, go be happy. Go do what makes, what makes you happy. And that's, I guess that's the biggest thing of what I aspire for her as she continues to grow. Mm, yeah. To see those things as possibilities for her too. Yeah. I, I feel like we've touched on this a bit just like throughout our whole conversation, but what are, what are some of the things that Ruby's taught you? Ruby, I think the biggest thing, the two things that she has taught me is to not judge others and to have compassion. And I think that's something we, all of us struggle with. And that's the reason, like when we ask like, what's wrong with our world today? It's those things. We either are lacking compassion or we judge others too quickly. I don't know what somebody else's story is. I don't know what they've just come from or what they're going through right now. There's no way for me to know that. And so to treat that person as though, you know, just having no judgment and to just have compassion for people and just understand. Cause I just feel sometimes the way she holds my face or the way she just gives me a hug. She's just, it's just everything with her. So much of it is just love, just unconditional love. And she doesn't know, she doesn't know that maybe somebody's made fun of her or somebody said something negative about her. She's just out there and she's smiling and she's happy. I certainly will admit, I definitely struggle with, because sometimes I certainly, especially on the trail, I'll get defensive, Mm. you know, in my head. I don't ever really say anything, but I get defensive in my head where I'm like, don't judge me because I know that I'm a little fluffy and so you might think that I can't do this trail, but then I'm like, I have to be, don't judge them. Don't judge them, have compassion and just kind of let it go. Letting the negativity that's around you, just letting it go and just focusing on everything that's positive. Hmm. Cause in this world, I think where there's so much negativity, I mean, it just keeps bringing you down. So I, I don't want to be a part of it. And I think that's where we hope is the goal of our Instagram, especially is bringing positivity. I, you know, don't want to engage in negative uh, fights or comments or this. I mean, I will address difficult topics as they relate to raising children or Down syndrome or or people with disabilities. But, you know, I want to keep it positive because I guess that's, I mean, that's what she teaches us is to be happy, to be positive, to give love. And I mean, at the end of the day, we feel better as a family if that's the motto that we embrace. And and who who do you hope you're reaching through at least social media um, in in telling the story of your family? I I'm hoping I reach everybody because I think the story goes for everybody. So yes, especially families that have children with special needs. There's nothing more that I love when I get a message from a mom or even a dad or something that are like, thanks for giving us some hope. Thanks 
thanks for sharing your feelings on it. Thanks for being real. Mm-hmm. Um, cause this certainly isn't easy. It's not easy having a child with down syndrome. I'm not saying that, Oh, our lives are a piece of cake and we're just happy all the time. No, we struggle just like every other family, but we're trying really, really hard to keep it in perspective and to find the, the beautiful and the happy things. You know, I hope that we're, I'm reaching all moms out there or all women out there that are, that feel that they can't accomplish things. And I'm like, it's kind of like, I've always had this motto of, I do what I can do when I can do it. Hmm. Meaning I I know I can't do everything. So I'm going to either work up to it or when I'm able to do that, just don't shut the door to possibility. I think that's the biggest thing is just leave that door open. Even if it's just a crack that maybe someday you know, you'll be able to accomplish the goals that you have or the things that you hope to be able to do someday. And so we're just hoping, you know, we reach everything, all families of, of all types, because I think we have parts of our story that like fit with, with, with all sorts of different families. It just doesn't have to be, you know, with a family that looks exactly like ours. When I asked Melody what she was looking forward to, She mentioned upcoming hikes and time with her family. She also mentioned wanting to take a backpacking trip, and I'm sharing it here so Melody hears the excitement in her own voice and starts planning. I really want to go on a backpacking trip. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I would love, and I don't even know that I would necessarily take Ruby on it. Uh, all that stuff for a baby, you know, diapers and wipes and that, like it's a whole lot of stuff for the outdoors. So a couple of my friends and I, we've been talking about kind of like a mother daughter. We'd love to hike part of the PCT. That's kind of the goal, at least in the next two years, we're hoping go on like a mother daughter trip. So I would take my oldest and she was a little bit, you know, I said, Hey, would you come with me? And she's just like, well, if it's with you and you know, she knows a couple of my other friends that I would be bringing and their daughter, she's like, I would, I would go on that. And so I am excited that she would think of the possibility of being stuck in the wilderness with me for a week because that just looks like heaven to me right now. I so hope you go on that backpacking trip. That sounds so fun. (laughs) It does. It it really does. Like I just, just talking about it gets me so excited and I am, I am hoping to launch a blog in the next little bit. I've kind of like, I've like, what will my focus be as I do research? Cause I really want to make sure I do a good job on it. Um, you know, we're going to focus on travel and trails and trisomy 21. Cause that's what down syndrome is. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I want the focus of it to be. So different things to give other families tips and pointers and, um, ideas of things that they can do with their children. If their children have disabilities, even if they don't you know, and different things. And then also answering a lot of questions because people still have a lot of questions about Down syndrome and are trying to understand more of what it's like. And just because there's lots of controversies in the news right now regarding prenatal testing, that that's why I feel it's so important, you know, for us to get our story out there, just so so people are informed, mm. so people can see what Down syndrome is like. And and how, you know, rewarding and, you know, how much love that has been brought into your family with Ruby. Yeah, I think that's, 
That's the biggest thing. We've always said, as a nurse, I've seen some pretty horrific things and families that have had to make really hard decisions and the subject of quality of life comes up a lot. Mm. Um, you know, do, but are they going to have a good quality of life? And of course I've had lots of people that have made comments either through Instagram or messages or something where they're just like that she doesn't have a, a good life and that she's just suffering and, I certainly like, I see her there. Yes. She has so many doctor's appointments and so many things. And I sit there, I go, you teach us just, she just sits there and she's patient and she's just so accepting. It's like, that's the biggest example and thing she teaches me is she's like, she's very patient. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something I need to learn. But you know, when I think about quality of life, I think of like, what is it to have a good quality of life? And I think it's, to feel love and to feel happiness. And if you can feel those things, I feel like, okay, that's, that's a good life. You're feeling, those are the best emotions in the world. And I know that she feels that she, she can, I can know that she feels that we, we all love her. My family, my extended family, they love her so much. And so I know she feels that love and I know she feels happy. I know that she feels that. I can tell. And so I feel like I know you got a you got a hard diagnosis and you got a, a hard, hard road ahead, but you have a good life because you can feel those things. And I know that, you know, at least at some point daily, she's feeling it. And I think what an example to me, like, isn't that what we all want to feel? Mm. We want to feel loved and we want to feel happiness and recognize it. I think that's the big thing. Recognize that we're feeling that and feel like, hey, I'm doing okay because I'm feeling those amazing things. Big thank you to Melody for sharing her story and her family's story. Ruby is adorable and Melody's writing is the best combination of informative and moving. Follow along on their Instagram at downwithadventure. Thank you to our sponsors, Bombas and Away. All sponsor links and codes are mentioned in the show notes and on the episode landing page via she-explores.com. If you enjoy listening to She Explores, please take the time to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. And as I always like to say, even better, share the show with a friend. I love sharing podcasts with friends. Last week, I shared a podcast that I love. Um, well, another podcast that I love is called The Pitch through Gimlet Media. Gimlet makes a ton of really good podcasts. Uh, what I like about The Pitch is that it's like Shark Tank, but smarter. I used to work at a venture capital firm, so it's fun to get a peek behind the curtain as investors listen to pitches from entrepreneurs. She Explorers will be taking next week off, but in the meantime, if you want to stay in touch, follow along with us in our She Explorers podcast Facebook group. It's a great way to connect with other listeners, and it's the first place I go when I have a gear or a trip or just life-related question. If you enjoy She Explorers, I know you'll enjoy Women on the Road, our sister podcast. It's all about life on the road from the feminine perspective, and it's hosted weekly on Fridays by Laura Hughes. Music is by Bouquet and Liam McNally. It's also by Jason Shaw via the Free Music Archive. 
Shakespeare's will be back in two weeks. Until then, have fun out there.